0: This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. And so, what we're going to be talking about uh, for this month, and we have called this series SOAP, and what SOAP stands for is this it's an, actually an acronym. SOAP stands for Scripture Observation, Application, and Prayer. Now, I've talked to you about this previously and mentioned this um, in a message, but we're going to do a whole series on this. I actually didn't create this, somebody else did. I don't know who it was. I would give uh, credit to them if I knew who it was, but it's just a way for us. Um, in our discipleship to to spend time in the Word of God and make it profitable, that all, all what we do here at the City Church is to help you on your discipleship journey. Our Sunday mornings are designed to be able to you know read scriptures together as a family, learn and grow together. And then our city groups are also available for you that to get involved and to get um, doing life with people that are at the same age and stage of life as you, um, and understanding some things, sharing your faith together. And then you get to be part of a city team. Also, one of the things that we do that helps you on your discipleship learning that all of us, all of us are called to be servants, so we can do that here as a church. But But also, our our discipleship is partly on our own, Um, just as individuals, spending time in the Word of God, trying to understand what the Scripture says, and then observing what it says, applying it in our lives, and at the end, sealing it all with prayer. So that's what we're going to be talking about uh, for the next few weeks, and so I just wanted to encourage you. To get a paper Bible, if you don't have a paper Bible, if it's just on your device, at some point it'd be great for you to have um, old school book, Bible, it will help you. And then it will help you to be less distracted by social media if you're reading your Bible on your phone. And then also we have these cards in the lobby. just wanted to make mention of this. We've had these for a while. And it actually just helps you to understand um, the books of the Bible, what category they would fit in. And, and you know, we have the New Testament and the Old Testament sit, and we have law, history, poetry, the prophets. We have the gospels. There's history in the New Testament. There's the letters to the church. And this... Um, card helps you to understand what book of the Bible that you might be reading and on the back side it shows a, a chronological order of the Old Testament the Old Testament as it's laid out in the scripture is actually not in chronological order but it will help you to know uh, what prophet is being associated with what history book in the Bible so those cards are available in the lobby you can pick one of those up so I just encourage you um, this month get a paper Bible uh, if you don't maybe if you're Maybe new to the faith, you know, what will help us sometimes is a devotional. You can go online, maybe on Amazon, if you're looking for a certain type of devotional. Maybe you need some help in your family. Maybe you need some help in your finances. Maybe you need some help in relationships. Uh, If you find a devotional along those lines that will have scriptures categorized for you, um, that will help you. We have actually some of these resources linked on our website, and so you can check that out. So let's turn our Bibles this morning to John chapter 8. John chapter eight, verse 31 says this. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And this is what Jesus wants us to be. He wants us to see ourselves not just as Christians noun, but he wants us to be his disciples verb. He wants us to have this continual action of learning. Uh, Not I've learned, Not I know it all, but I want to continue to learn. I want to continue to grow in my life. Because here's what I know uh, about your life, just like my life. Uh, The same five, the the five years that I just lived, the next five years are not going to be the same. I have to prepare for those next years and I have to uh, think differently. And I have to, my my children are going to be five years older. My wife and I are going to be five years older. Uh, Our our finances are going to be in a certain situation. All of the things in life, your your careers are in certain situations. And so what we need to do is God wants us to learn to prepare for the next season of life. That God wants to get us ready with his word and with his ways but what's true of me and what's true of you is that all of us are in a comfort zone. We, we have, there's, there's some comfort. We, we've been living maybe this for, way for a while. And let me tell you what our, our comfort zone is bounded by. Our comfort zone is bounded by the way we think, the way we talk, the way we act, and then our history or our past, good or bad. We, we have a certain way that we think right now, as it, however old you are. And uh, our, our thinking is an amalgam of all of our experiences of life and our education and things that we've learned and things from our background. And then the way we talk the same way. It's, it's bits and pieces of all these things about how we've learned to speak and, and talk at this time of life. And then we act based on those things. And then we have a history. We have a past. We have things from our culture. We have things from our family of origin. And what can happen to us, as we all know, is that sometimes our past holds us back. But God wants us to move outside of our comfort zone to a brand new you, to an unrealized you. Because there are certain things that God wants you to experience, and then there are certain things that you are going to experience in this next season of life that God wants to prepare you for with his ways and with his word and with his thoughts. But what do we have to do? We gotta gotta get outside our comfort zone. We have to be prepared to think differently. And, And if we've been talking the same way for 20 years, we gotta be prepared to talk differently. And then if we've been acting the same way forever and ever, we need to be prepared to act differently because God wants to speak into our lives. He wants us to be his disciple. He wants to be our mentor of life. He's not our religion mentor, he is our life mentor. Jesus came that we would have life and we would he would we would have it more abundantly. So God wants us to train us in the ways of life. And this is what the word of God is. The word of God is not a science book, but it's how we should be in the world having this relationship with God, knowing the eternal transcended Father God and have a relationship with him and then knowing that he loves me and he cares about me and he wants to speak into my life. He has things to say to me. He has some thoughts for me to think that are outside of my comfort zone. He He has some new ways for me to speak that are outside my normal way of speaking. He has some ways for me to act that is maybe brand new territory for my life that are sort of outside how I normally act and and the habits that I have and the habits that I've created. God has new ways. He's got new ground for us to take in our lives because there's a new season coming, right? You know, somebody said the one constant in life is change. So change is coming. So God wants to change you to prepare you for the change coming. But what do we have to do? We gotta be ready. We can't stay the same. We can't stay in our comfort zone. God wants us to move out to get ready for what He has for us. God has an adventure for us beyond our comfort zone. And maybe a little bit nervous. Maybe a little bit nerve-wracking to think, you know, I gotta change how I think, I gotta change how I talk. I am so I'm so warm and comfy, cozy here. And and one of the things that it really holds us back in our comfort zone is our past. And, you know, there's, there's practices from our past, and then sometimes there's pain from our past. And then sometimes we can just get really comfortable in the pain. And what we need to do and what God wants us to do is God wants us to get past our past so that he can prepare us for what ne- for what's next. He doesn't want us to stay back there with that thing that happened to us, that thing that hurt us, the thing that destroyed us emotionally. God wants us to move forward beyond our comfort zone into a new adventure in Him. So we want to look at the Word of God uh, because the Word of God wants to bring change to our lives. So here's three areas where uh, the Word of God wants to bring change to us. So if you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first one is we need to allow God or the word of God to disagree with us, to contradict us. We can't think of the word of God like the opposition party politically that we don't like. And so what do you do with the opposition party that you don't like on the other side of the aisle? You just disregard it. (laughs) They said it, I don't listen. This is what's broken in our political system in North America, in case you're wondering. Nobody is listening to everybody. Everybody's just yelling at everybody. Nobody's thinking anymore. It was like, who, who said it? Well, they said it, we can't think about it. We cannot consider that idea because they said it. We can't be like that with the word of God. We, God is not the, the opposition party, but God does want to contradict you Some of the ways you talk and some of the ways you act and some of the ways you think and some of the ways I think and talk and act. God has something to say about that. He doesn't want us to go through life with just the way we are, just the things that I've learned to this point. How many know there's more to learn? Have you ever gone down a a good rabbit hole on the internet? You can go down some bad rabbit holes on the internet. You can go down a good rabbit hole on the internet and you can like learn some stuff, and you'd be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. And then you click, you're on YouTube, and you find, and then there's another video, suggested video based on this video. And like, you, if you go like quantum physics, this is a fun thing to do. You go on YouTube, quantum physics, and you watch it, and you're like, my mind is blown. <laughs> and there's so many things like that that you and I just don't know about. And it's the same way with how we should be in this world. God has knowledge, God has ways, God has thoughts for us that he wants as our mentor, we as his apprentice, that he wants to give to us. Why? Because there's change coming. There's a new season coming. So he wants to change you to get ready for the change. So we have to allow God to contradict us. We have to allow God to disagree with us. We, we, can't, be, we can't be sitting in church you know, and we, we read a scripture and you're like, whoa, no. You know, just let it hit the back wall. No, no, not for me. This, I, I'm not going to change to that. And then another scripture goes, whoa, that one almost got me. But I was able to avoid it. We don't want to do that with the word of God. See, what we know about God is that he loves us. So all of this learning that we're getting from God is in the context of somebody who loves us. And knows how we should live, and knows what we should do. And so, even in that moment, if we don't understand it, or we, it contradicts how I think. I gotta stop. I gotta let it hit me in the chest. Allow it to contradict me. The Scripture should be the wind in your sails. You know, inspiration. You know, one of the uh, another word for breathing in is inspiration you breathe in something and then you're going to live based on that breath in your lungs. But the same way with knowledge, the same way with what God is calling us to, God wants you to be inspired to live the next season of life. And so what does he want to do? He wants to put wind in your sails to prepare you for what's coming up. He wants to get you ready. He wants to breathe into you. The Scripture, you know, the Holy Spirit in the New Testament He's breathing into us. As we read the word of God, the Holy Spirit is there breathing life into us, not religion. Not just scriptures that I have to learn. No, he wants to breathe life into our lives. And that's, we're going to go to the word of God for what? Inspiration, how to live my life. And then the next thing that God wants to equip us. God wants us to, to get us ready for the next season of life. When we do premarital counseling here at the church, one of the things that we do, and, and I talk to the couple, I, I try to say humbly, we can't really totally prepare you for marriage. Can I get an amen? amen. We can just tell you what the rest of us have gone through. And here's the areas where you're going to have trouble and here's the areas where you're not going to understand each other and there's going to be a woman speaking to you and you're not going to get it. (laughs) And for all the the wives in the house, there's going to be a man speaking to you and you're going to be like, I don't understand why you could think like that. (laughs) Some of it, you just got to go through it, friends. You know what I mean? But what we can do is we can equip you a little bit, letting you know what's coming. And here's how to get ready for the change. And you got to communicate. And you got to talk. And then you got to communicate. And you have to talk. And you have to understand. And you really have to understand what they're saying because it's really hard sometimes. And so, what are we doing? We're equipping them. We're getting them ready for the change that's coming. And this is what the Word of God does in our lives. Equips us. Gets us ready. If you got some change coming up in your family, you maybe you had a new baby, you're about to have a new baby. What do you, do, what do you know is happening? Well, change is coming. So you got to get ready. And what is the Word of God, too? The Word of God wants to equip us for change in the areas of family, parenting, finances, relationships, business practices. If you're here and you're in business, you either own a business or you are working a business, I recommend you to go through the book of Proverbs over and over again. There's so much wisdom in the book of Proverbs. There's so many thoughts from God, eternal principles from the word of God that you can actually put into practice in your business for it to be successful in 2019. What is that? It's the thoughts of God. It's inspiration from God. It's equipping from God. So there's change coming in all of these areas of life, and so what do we need to do? We need to get ready for change. Now, when we think about any good relationship, at some point in that relationship, somebody that you're close to is going to call you out on your stuff. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? If you're really close to somebody and you have an honest relationship with somebody Hopefully, the person that you're married to. Occasionally, my wife asked me this question a little while ago, why are you like this? <laughs> this that's a good relationship question. Why, why <laughs> are you like this? And my honest answer is, I'm not even real, I don't know. I'm in the comfort zone, babe, okay? See, the the reality is, none of us know exactly why we are the way we are, but we all think a certain way and talk a certain way and act a certain way, and our history has affected us in more ways that we know and understand. But our relationship with God, God wants to call us out. And And I say that in two different ways. He wants to call you out on your stuff, but then He wants to call you out of it. He wants to call you out. Don't just stay here in the comfort zone. There's an unrealized you in God outside of the box that we've created. There's new, amazing, wonderful ways to think and act and talk. God is calling us out. Not the same old, same old, but there's change coming, so He wants to change us. And so what we want to do is we want to read the Word of God slowly. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. And one pastor said it like this, and I can't improve on it, so I'm just going to repeat it. He said, read the Word of God till something hits you. And when something hits you, I just like to describe that as that's the Holy Spirit right there. And sometimes it's like, I don't understand it. There's something there in that thing that I just read. I'm not sure that I understand it, but I need to look at it again. I was spending some time reading the Word of God in in July, and you know, as, as a pastor, as a preacher, a lot of times when I'm reading the Word of God, I'm like, oh, I like to preach this, and oh, I like to preach that, and oh, I want to preach that. But I, I was doing my best to read the Word of God for me. So I got to this one verse, and I read it, and I thought, man, that, that thought right there, and it was just a really short verse. And it got me thinking about something else, and it got me thinking about something else, and it got me thinking about something else. And see, that's what the Word of God, the Scripture talks about, is the unsearchable riches, And and it's a way that we would esteem it and we would know, oh, God wants to speak to me through his word. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul is praying for the church, the Colossian church, and he says this, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. What does God want us to do? He wants to be filled with the knowledge of his will. He wants us to be filled with the knowledge of His will. And that's what we're looking for as we search the Word of God, as we read the Word of God. We're looking for the will of God. And all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And See, all of us want fruitful lives. None of us want to stagnate and stay the same. We actually want to lead fruitful lives that are moving in a good direction. But then it said, how are we going to have that fruitful life? In the knowledge of God. See, when we read the Word of God, that's what we're doing. We are increasing our knowledge of God, who God is, and then the ways God wants us to be in the world. So as I read through the Word of God, you know, a simple way to say it, the word of God is God speaking to me. So it's a relational thing going on. I want to know what God is speaking to me. I'm hungry for what God would say to me. I'm not, I'm not doing it. For, uh, I got to do two chapters today. It, you know, if, if, if that's your attitude, it's actually better that you don't. Wait till you're like, I'm, I'm, I want to know what you would say to me, God. Because if you come to the word of God religiously and you're trying to, you know, get religious points with bi, you know, Bible reading, God, I guess I'll do it, God. The pastor said, fine. I was, uh, are you happy now? You know, it's just better if you just wait. <laughs> We're growing in our relationship with God. God speaking to me. So how is God going to be speaking to us? 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. So what are we going to the word of God? We're going to be taught. To learn and grow. I don't know everything. I don't know everything yet about how life should be lived. Young people, you don't know yet how life should be lived to the full. I, I thank God if you're in university or college or wherever you might be, you high school and you're learning, but you don't know everything about life yet. There's lots to learn, there's lots to be taught. Old Older people. That's two categories, old and dir. We don't know everything yet. There's lots to learn, there's lots to grow. there's lots of different ways to be that God would have for us. What does God want us to do? He wants to teach us something. He wants us to be moving out of our comfort zone. There's a bounded area that we've created. There's so much more. See, we think about God, God is infinite. And so if our relationship with God is based on the word of God knowing Him more, it would be foolish for us to think, "You know what, I've arrived. I already know everything. See, and part of what we need to do as we, the thoughts that we have in our lives, part of the question I want us to ask ourselves in this series is the thoughts that I think, where do they come from? Why do I think the way I think? Do we know why? Where, what is the source of the thoughts that I think And then, therefore, the life that I live. Where does it come from? Because we're an amalgam of a bunch of different things. We've got some influences from our family of origins. Hopefully, we've got some influences from the Word of God. But we have a bunch of influences from culture. We have a bunch of influence from the news. And how the news is presented based on whatever channel you decide to watch. This is forming me. And so, all of these things make up who I am, but do we actually know why I think the way I think? And is it actually worth thinking that way? Is it profitable to think that way and to act that way? Because God wants to teach us his ways. And if we think, I know, I already know, I know how I should be. It's not a humble place where we can go to the Word of God and be like, you know, God, I want you to teach, I want to learn, I want to grow. I want to live the life that you have for me. I know I'm here in my comfort zone. I know I talk and think and act like this. But God, I know that there's more. I want to live the life that you have for me. Training and righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit. So the word of God is alive. But once again, if we, if we choose to read it how I illustrated it before, we deaden it. It becomes meaningless to us, even though it has potential power for us to change our life, how we approach it makes all the difference. Because why? It's, it wants to divide our soul and spirit, our joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Not, not just the thoughts that I think, you know, I've got it in this. The, the, I learned this in university. and I learned this in high school. And my parents taught me this, and I've got all of these things. No, the Word of God wants to get down deep into your heart, why are you thinking like that? Why, why? <laughs> like my wife asked me, why, why are you like that? Why do you talk like that? Why do we believe like that? See, the Word of God wants to get deep down on the inside of us. Why? Because He wants us to change. Why? Because change is coming. He wants to to prepare us. He wants us to experience life outside of our comfort zone. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and then exposed to his eyes of whom we must give an account. Caleb talked about this, this idea of being vulnerable before God. That I would come to the word of God with a, I don't know it all Yet with a humble attitude, God, I, I want you to speak to me. I want you to change me. This is the journey of discipleship. See, we are, we are secure in Christ. Our righteousness is secure in Christ forever. But discipleship is a journey. Di- discipleship is growing. It's glory to glory. It's, it's faith upon faith. It's, it's change upon change. Why? Because there's only so much of life that we can experience and do inside our comfort zone. God wants to move us out, that our life would become bigger than we could ever imagine. It could be more impactful than we could ever imagine. But we got to move out. we got to move out of our, our, our thinking as it is and as it stands. God wants us to discover the life that he has for us. And then we would let it get down deep on the inside of us. See, I mentioned relationships earlier, and see, all of us need to change and grow. See, see, the problem is in the context of our relationships, we don't need a bunch of new friends, and we don't need a new spouse. Although that might seem like a quick fix. Yeah, but Pastor Brent, you, this message is for my spouse today, actually. They need a whole lot of changing. (sighs) Yeah, granted, your spouse needs to change. But so do you, so do I. See, it's easy to read the Word of God for somebody else. It's not easy to let God down deep on the inside of you, letting that knife get in there and let God call you out. what are the thoughts and intents of your heart what is happening down on the inside of you in other words we got to think about what we think about see and this is so important for culture listen culture is handing us stuff left right and center And some of it is just based on some professor who was mad about something 20 years ago and they present something and they write a paper and people are like, oh my gosh, this idea. And then culture just accepts it. And then we just take it and we just run with it and we're like, is this actually a good way to think? Well, everybody says that we should think this way, but is it actually a good way to think? What is the end of it? Is there wisdom in taking on this attitude and acting this way? See, and this is what the Word of God will do to us. It will slow us down. Listen, I want to get down on the inside of you. James chapter 1, verse 21 says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, that isn't a great sentence, and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. This is not talking about saving you, eternal salvation. This is talking about saving you from yourself. Save your souls, the way you think, the implanted word. In other words, the thoughts and ways of God need to become implanted into my life. They need to be embodied in me, not just ideas in the ethos, not just ideas in here or somewhere else or in the heart and mind of God. It needs to be implanted in us. That they would become godly actions and godly words and godly ways to live. I'm going to get rid of the stuff, maybe some habits and somebody, maybe some of the ways from my family of origin, from some of the ways from my culture, some of the ways from whatever. And I would take the word of God and I would put it in me and I would live it out. Well, what do, how are we going to do that? We're going to receive it with meekness not just a know-it-all attitude. It's like, God, I want to learn from you. I open myself up to who you want me to be. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to see here how Jesus reads the Scripture. And how Jesus reads the Scripture will help us so much. Because a lot of times, and, and depending, you know, how old you are, maybe what your background is, sometimes people are going to the Bible just for laws. I need new laws my life and I need new legalism for my life and I need new legalism for other people and I want to know the laws so that I can be angry at the right people but Jesus is going to help us here to to see how he read the word of God is how we should read the word of God Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 says this do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets I have come not to abolish but to fulfill them Jesus came to complete all of the laws for us. Why? Because we cannot complete them all ourselves. We fall short. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So what did Jesus do? Jesus came to fulfill them all for us, to do them. He's not abolishing them. He's not saying they have no value, but he's doing them for us so that we can actually have a relationship with God. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota nor a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom. So what is Jesus talking about? He's saying, okay, uh, I'm going to fulfill the Old Testament laws for you, but we're not going to lower the standards I'm not creating lower standards. I'm actually going to accomplish it for you and give you righteousness, but we're not lowering the standards. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to to do will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and of the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what is Jesus saying? The scribes and the Pharisees, they would have heard it at the time. These were the professional Christians. These were the people that knew the law and supposedly accomplished all of the law and then made other people feel bad when they didn't do it. We are the scribes and the Pharisees and we know the word of God and we do this. And see, this was always their attitude toward Jesus. We follow Moses and you're you're not washing your hands. You're doing all of these things on the Sabbath. And Jesus said our righteousness had to exceed that of the Pharisees and scribes. Well, how is that gonna happen? Jesus is gonna do it for us. That's how it happens. It's not us trying to work it out in our flesh. It's that Jesus fulfills it all, and so our righteousness exceeds it because it's not our own. It is the righteousness that Jesus gives. But let's continue to see here how Jesus is reading the Word of God. You have heard it said to those days of old, you shall not murder. So Jesus is taking one of the Ten Commandments, you know, that we're not going to murder. Everybody agrees on this idea. Murder is not a good thing. But whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. That's not even fair. So Jesus is saying, we're not lowering the standards. Now he's actually raising the standard. It's not even, I can't murder somebody. We're like, you know, thank God for that. But now he's saying the same person who is angry, you're just as liable as the murderer. And we say, that's not fair. Do you see how Jesus though, is reading the word of God? What is the cause of murder? Anger, and and if you look at the statistics, this bear, so many no many, not, there's not a lot of people that are actually planning out murders. Most murders are crimes of passion, in other words, crimes of anger. Yeah, Jesus is agreeing, murder's not good, and murder isn't good. But we can't just well, at least I didn't kill them. There's something down deep in your heart that's actually also not good. And what is it? It's anger. And anger can be in our comfort zone. But God wants to deal with our comfort zone. God wants to deal with the ways that we are. So Jesus is seeing the principle underneath the law. Do you get this? Here's the law, but what's the reason for the law? The reason for the law is that anger, hate is a problem. And we could just say, well, I don't kill somebody and walk around with an angry heart. And we never have to let the word of God deal with us. Well, I know the laws and I kept the laws, but Jesus is saying, yeah, here's the law, but there's something in your heart going on. He wants to deal with the inside of us. Whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Not fair again. I want to say whatever I want to say. You can't tell me what to say. I'm going to say this. What is Jesus saying? Murder, insults, it's the same thing. What does he want to do? He wants to deal with our hearts. He wants to get down on the inside of us. He wants to change how we think and how we talk. Why? Because there's life outside of our comfort zone, life that we can never dream of. The life that God gives. So if you're offering your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go and first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. See, some people mistakenly believe just because there's grace, maybe maybe Jesus lowered the standard because there's grace. No, he actually wants us to deal with our hearts. He wants to allow the word of God to deal with how we think. The source of my living how I live and how I act and how I talk see it's so easy just to find the rules and to say hey I complete the rules and I know the people that don't and be angry at the people that don't so then you never have to deal with your heart you never have to deal with the stuff that's going on the inside you never, never have to allow yourself to ask the question, why am I the way I am? See, what's beautiful about a relationship with God, you are in a relationship with the one who loves you the most. And when they love you the most and they tell you the truth, you should listen. It's not just somebody who's angry at you. Somebody hates you. It's the one who actually loves you the most. It's the one who loves you the most. And he wants to say some things to you about your life. And he wants to say some things to you about your past. And he wants to say some things to you about how you think and how you talk and how you act. Just, why? Because he's mad at you. Know that there's life beyond your comfort zone. There's living to explore that you could never imagine. And he wants to speak it to your heart. He wants to equip you for the future. Last verses and then we'll finish. Psalm 119, this whole chapter is about the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 25, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways. You answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me. Graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments. When you enlarge my heart, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments for I delight and incline my ear to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. We could all pray that prayer, couldn't we? And give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the approach that I dread for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. See, God has life for us outside of our comfort zone, outside of how we are, and this is me included, how we are right now. There's more. The infinite God has more for his finite creatures. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Thank you for your support. If you want to connect with us, you can find us online at thecitychurch.ca.